Stage Time is the professional hub for the performing arts and is a growing community of 4,000 plus opera singers and classical musicians, arts administrators, agents, production staff, and beyond. Set up a launch-ready portfolio in under 10 minutes. A growing list of over 100 arts organizations accepts a Stage Time profile in lieu of a website URL. Unlike a static website, Stage Time allows you to connect with collaborators, showcase your skills, source or be sourced as the right talent, and center your creative practice. Stage Time is available on any web browser or on the App Store and on Google Play. Search Stage Time to stay connected to colleagues, mentors, students, and friends from anywhere in the world. The arts industry is waiting for you on Stage Time. Welcome to season four of my so-called opera life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers. After three seasons of incredible conversations, the podcast has grown and changed much like ourselves. We're still on a mission to connect, inform, inspire, and empower musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Because as we continue to hear from you and watch the opera industry struggle to change and grow, community, connection, and transparency are as important as ever. We're here to spill the tea on the inner workings of the opera life, to celebrate the artists who unapologetically create amazing, non-traditional paths for themselves, and to inspire each other to sing freely, make art truthfully, and to work fearlessly for a more equitable industry. I'm Elise. And I'm Marcel. And we're two sopranos currently living our best so-called so opera lives. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we haven't done this in a while. No, we haven't. Recording ourselves talking about opera. Talking about <laughs> opera, talking about that opera life, what we're doing. Um, giving an update on the podcast instead of just in the coffee chats. I feel like last yeah. year we did most of this um, style of conversation on the coffee chats, and yeah, which are still going to happen, but we also wanted to get some things in our long-term feed for the people who don't come on Instagram because yeah. it's not their thing. Definitely. So, hi. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> we hope you're doing good. Um, I feel like everyone is out in the world again and getting sick every day. <laughs> Yes, I was at choir last night and like I feel like 10 out of the 15 people in the choir are getting over a cold or starting to get a cold because like people are getting colds again. I know and I don't know what you think about it but like so I was um, at Bucknell University the other day and this professor firstly my student comes in and she is like always sick <laughs> And um, she's like, oh, I might have, um, maybe my roommates are sick. And I like immediately put my mask on. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't care even to me. And then, so another professor was like, had a mask on and like said, oh, I had this terrible cold this past weekend. And I was just, and they said, oh, and just, I was just so thankful it wasn't COVID. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't care if it's COVID. I don't want it. Right. 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 <laughs> How about we stay home when we're sick? Right. Like, didn't we learn anything? <laughs> like, did we not learn? Like, I'm glad it's not COVID for you also. But like, right. I got a really terrible respiratory infection from, like, who knows? But I think it was from a Bucknell student. And I still, like, it's still affecting my voice. Right. Right. And the colds are just worse than ever. So I'm no, just... No, and I'm I feel just... like there's this, like, this respiratory one that's going around my um, partner. He had a 
really bad cold like two weeks ago and he still has a lingering cough and congestion yeah. and it's not covid it's just some other right bug and he's like his his speaking voice he's not a singer i'm like i can hear that his voice isn't right right yeah, yeah. it's not good and it's real. it is i will say it is really hard to take off when you're sick it still is even for me i still do stuff when i don't feel good but i try to just take off and then at least not be by people when I don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel fortunate that like right now, all of the places that I'm working in are very much like, if you are sick, please stay home and no one will be mad at you if you miss because you are sick. Like stay home. It's better to stay home and get better and not pass it around to everybody else. Because like if the whole choir gets sick right before the Christmas concert, we're all fucked. I know. (laughs) And it's like, I realized too, something like with teaching, like you have to say that you have to say that in the workplace, like, or like in the environments that you're in, if you're in a leadership role, you have to say that because people feel like they have to come. Right. No matter what. Right. Right. Like, I'm going to disappoint you. And it's like, no, no, I will be more disappointed if you show up and you're sick. I mean, this is a thing I would say even pre-COVID to my to my students yeah. in my studio, because I was like, look, y'all, like first lesson. I was like, if you know, if you continue with me, I need you to know I'm a working singer. Yes. I can't afford, especially during my busy season, which is right in the middle of cold and flu season, to have to like drop gigs because I'm sick. Because so my students are coming in with these colds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I even like got permission from my music school because my boss also knew I wasn't going to abuse it. Like I told my students, I was like, look, we have a 24 hour cancellation, pro- you know, policy at the school. But if you wake up and you are sick and you are truly sick and you say to me, I am sick. I cannot come to my lesson today. I will not charge you for the lesson mm-hmm. because it's more important to me to stay healthy and that for you to not bring it into everybody else. Um, you know, no student ever abused that policy. Yeah, totally. And you it know. makes them, it makes them think, I think before the night before too, cause you generally don't just wake up and I think you're in denial the night before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I you, mean, I've also you know. sent students home. Like I had one or two before I started like saying it out loud, like come to a lesson sick. And I was like, totally. I'm really sorry, but I, cause like masking was not a thing no, we were right, doing. Right. No. And you know, I'm like, you can't, I can hear in your speaking voice. You're not well. Would you rather go home? And they would be like, yeah, like, I really don't feel well enough gonna... to sing it, but I didn't want to lose the lesson. I'm like, you're sick. I am not going to charge right. you for this lesson. But, like, I had to be start to be explicit because otherwise people would totally just That's still come. That's my undergrad teacher was, was really good at that, and this was many years ago, and... She always at the beginning of the of the semester of the school year the season like in the fall, um she would say have this big everybody in the whole she was the department head and stuff too so she would be like if you are sick you are not to come in this building yeah <laughs> and she would make this big announcement and you just knew and and even even throughout the I remember throughout the year we needed reminders she needed like if she heard us not feeling good, she would be like, you need to go home. And that's where I learned, like, when you don't feel good, go home, go to sleep, get some water. There's not much else you really can do. Right. But it's the best thing you can do. Right. When I was in my undergrad, oddly, it was not our uh, music teachers who did that. Um, There were one or there were definitely like one or two in the department where if I had shown up sick, they would have probably been like, go home, get some rest. Like, but most of them, it was not them. I had my Spanish professor. Mm -hmm. 
I remember I had like a terrible head cold and was just like miserable. And I came in for a Spanish test and she immediately clocked that I was sick. And she was like, you're not taking the test today. She's like, I want you to go. Like she literally like came to my desk and was like, you're not taking the test today. You're going to go back to your room and you're going to sleep for this hour and then go to your next class if you have to. But she's like, email me and we'll set up another time because you're not going to test well if you're not feeling well. Like I know you know the material. You don't need to take this test today. And like, Go rest. Yeah. That's more important. And I felt, I just remember being like 22 and just being like so blown away by that kind of kindness because I was just like, what, like what, what alternate reality am I in? Right, right. <laughs> right? Because it's so unheard of. I know people. And I've almost forgotten it like myself in recent years, like just being, I guess, in like working mode and like not not having a regular teacher even too, like that's always taking care of you and on like a a level of like where you, where they sort of can say that, you know? Right. Right. Um, and it's, uh, so I've had to, it's like a, I have to remind myself all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think if there's anything, many positive things have come out of, um, my voice surgery experience, but like the aftermath of that, like I had to do so much intentional care not only of my body and my voice but also for my mental health Mm -hmm. and I I feel like I've learned a lot in the last year about just like okay I can have aspirations for things that I might want to do during the day but if I'm like severely fatigued at three o'clock I'm not actually like it's more important that I take a nap Mm -hmm. none of the things that I am doing are going to like put someone's life on the line, right, I know. <laughs> you know, if they are a day late or a little behind, right. you know, like, and that's perspective. Like I have to remind myself too, like if you are really, really stressed, like having, I have a moment where I'm like, this is, my life is not that important. Like my life isn't like the things that I do are not like, it's all going to be okay. Like <laughs> the deadline yeah. will just move or it will, you know, yeah. it will just move on. Like right. it's not that important. <laughs> is this what <sighs> maturity is? <laughs> no, I will say that, like, I will say that. So, um, as you know, I had, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. And I directed Little Shop of Horrors at Bucknell University. And, um, since like, the summerish, I've been trying working on this concert that I also did in November, um, a creative concert, like collaboration, and for me it was like a big deal, like yeah. And so I like wanted to have it in September with Fringe, and then it just couldn't get together for that. Oh, I got a gig, so I like was gonna be gone the whole month of September, right? <laughs> and then October, um the dates just didn't line up with the people I wanted to work with. So then we come into November and we get this date and I like didn't really, I just wanted a date. I just like was so laser focused on like, if I don't pick a date, like it's never going to happen. You know? mm-hmm. So we all agree on this date. I barely process that it's the week after little shop of horrors. Oh God. So I have tech week, little shop of horrors. I got really sick just before tech week and like couldn't speak like in the rehearsal just like with the mask on like being like okay everyone please do this <laughs> just like very quiet and like raise my hand like I mean they probably paid oh. such good attention <laughs> they were so nice they were like giving me all kinds of lozenges and all this. Oh. 
But anyway, so that like really was a hard week. And then we unloaded on Sunday and then on Monday, rehearsals began for the show. Oh my gosh. And you had like all new music. It was all new music. Like newly composed music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't even like put hard. your earbuds in and like <laughs> listen to it and like get it in your ear. <laughs> really hard, brand new music with all the collaborators that created the piece there. So there was just like that pressure and plus that it was like kind of like felt like my baby, like my responsibility, like to make everybody do good and feel good and all that and I just like came the first Monday I was a wreck Mm. I was a wreck I was crying I was like I if 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 I had had I don't know what the right thing to do would have been because I felt like we needed all the rehearsals that we could get because they all had busy lives too right and I just like I mean I just the best thing that I could do was show up and just tell them hey, guys, I'm really tired. I'm, like, not really great today. Right, right. (laughs) And I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really happy to be here, but I'm just feeling overwhelmed. And they were really nice about it. And I just, like, that was what I could know how to do is just be, like, honest and just do my best and just try it and just try the music and get it together. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was, it wound up being okay. <laughs> and it probably, like, your honesty probably created, like, a stronger sense of collaboration just because people lean in in those moments and they're like, okay, well, how can we, like, most people's instinct is, well, how do I help, help, help you through this moment? Um, and honestly, like, it's kind of cool to hear you talk about this because last season we mentioned this in an episode, like, or maybe it was in season two, talking about, like, what would a workspace look like? If you were allowed to like always show up as yourself and like even on the bad days be like, hey, I'm having a bad mental health day, but I'm here and I'm going to, you know, do my best. But like, I may not be my chatty self today. And like, it's not you. It's all me. You know, like, what would that look like? And you just did did exactly that. Which is I learned subconsciously. (laughs) Yeah. That's from that was from our interview with. um, It was from an interview, right? I think so. Brendan and. Rose? Yeah. 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 That's what they were saying, that they, how they go into the space and they give an opportunity for people to share, but still put it down. Hopefully they're able to put it down. And if not, give them that, let them know, like, if you can't put it down, we understand. And maybe you you just need a break, you know? Right. So that's good. And also Katrina said that too. Yes. Yes. We have so many interviews. We have so many interviews already ready recorded, ready to go, which is amazing. And we're very excited to share them. So we will, if you're listening, I guess you can remember that when you get to Katrina's episode too. Yeah. Yeah. It just fosters, I think, a stronger sense of community. Um, and also, I think also, I mean, I don't know how your childhood was, but I feel like in at least in my family space, you weren't allowed to show up as anything less than your absolute best self all the time. Mm. And like, if I was, and I was a kid who had mental health issues, but I didn't recognize that for what it was. And I would get criticized if I was having a day where I didn't really want to talk to people or I seemed sad or depressed, you know, it was always like, well, what do you even have to be depressed about? Right. right. I'll give you something to cry about, you know? And it's like, you know, it's like you internalize this narrative that like you're not lovable or worthwhile 
if you're not putting on a show yeah. of your best self for when people. you're, like, weird if you don't, like, feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, no, that's, that's life. <laughs> that's like and, normal. And you are a valuable human and a, and a valuable collaborator and artist even when you're not at your best. Yeah. For so. me, I just definitely, like, didn't even know. Um, like, I would get very emotional I think just, I I react to what people say. So I'd get very emotional and people would be like, why are you crying? And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Because I just like, people didn't know how to be like, help me like process why I was feeling sad. And even now I'll be like sad. Like I was so mad at Josh yesterday for like <laughs> no reason. <laughs> I was just like, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah no I like but like you know it's nice to be a grown-up and in a space now where you're like I can I can I can take care of that part of me and like say to the people around me now like I I need you to leave me alone because I need to like process this and you trying to help is actually worse (laughs) so like go over there don't look at me I need to just be in this space and like I know I'm not alone but I need to pretend like I am (laughs) yeah yeah um absolutely uh well a lot has also happened in the opera world since we last signed on to talk with everyone and um more than we can even say in one episode i think i think so but i think the the biggest one because it is a throwback all the way to season one where we had that like i still feel like a really fiery episode about application fees and Mm -hmm. like possible solutions and at one point we were just like talking past each other (laughs) (laughs) um but uh we have some stats from the soloist collective for emerging artists formerly known as the soloist collective for young artists Mm -hmm. um elise why don't you give us some of these stats all right so we that yes and thank you first of all if anyone from the soloist collective is listening thank you for all of your work yes um because i think back in the season one we were like we have to like do this data but we just can't it's do a lot. all the data. It's, it's really hard. It's a lot for one person. So um, in 2021, they made a post and did some research that 14 out of 52 um, companies were char- were charging. 52 companies, and they don't um, count any like pay to sings or anything. Right. So there were so they were tracking 52 companies. Mm-hmm. Um, 14, 14 were charging less than $25, which meant that 38 of them were not charging an application fee, and there were six who were charging a fee. So then fast forward, you know, which like, thinking back to that first episode, I mean, everyone, no one, no one had a free application, I think, except like the Lindemann program. Yeah, I think always, um, Sarasota always had a, had a free one. Right. There were a handful, and... but not many. The one in Houston. Houston Grand. Yeah. I think maybe Merrill's was free. Like the really, really. Some of the really big ones The really big free, ones yeah. were always free. Um, so then. Fast in, forward to this year. Yeah. 2022. Out of 56 companies, 14 are charging. So. In, and then including some some companies whose fees went up. Right. Um, which were the Finger Lakes, Aspen, Nashville Opera and Opera North. Their fees went up this year. And I like looked at the comments. I haven't seen they didn't respond in the on Instagram because this was post- the companies. Yeah, the companies. I, did you see any? I didn't yeah, see they any don't, responses. They don't say anything, which is, and you know, I've actually I know people that have worked in some like some of these companies and they 
speak positively of of them. And so it's not related to poor treatment in general, but I don't know why they raise their fees. I would love to have a statement about why. Yeah, yeah. Especially like a big program like Aspen. Aspen always charges so much. They've always been like that. Right. I don't like them. <laughs> I never really liked their like no, whole it's, thing. No, it's a, from what I've heard through the grapevine, and this is just hearsay, it's also a very clicky place. Like, you know, if you get in, like it could open some incredible doors, but it's, uh, there's a lot of gatekeeping Yeah, from what I hear. Definitely. Um, but, you know, again, I think the really positive thing to take out of this is that, you know, only 14 out of 56 companies um, in 2022 were charging an application yeah. fee. You know, for those the 14, not counting the four that raised their rates, 14 of them were under, you know, 25. Most of them were $5 application fees, <laughs> um, which is such an incredible step forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I would love to, like, I would love to hear, you know, how they were able to make that adjustment, like, just that transparency of like them being like, oh, well, this is what we had to do. Like, what did you do? Like, how did it change? You know, right, I'd right. be interested. Too. I know, I know the Pacific Opera Project, they posted about it on their Instagram when they got rid of their um, application fee pre-pandemic even. Um, and it was because a donor found out that singers were having to pay an application fee. And I guess the donor was like, I'm going to cover that fee so that singers don't have to pay. Interesting. Yeah. Because so then that, that's why, like, I would love to know because, like, then the donor is doing that. So, like, then every year are they looking for a donor or are they changing their structure as they move into the next year? You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't. If you work at any of these companies <laughs> and are willing to come and talk with us, we'd love to yes. hear the process behind it. Um, you know, I think the more communication there is between the artists themselves and the companies that we're auditioning for you know, the more transparency there is, the be- happier and better off we're all going to be. Totally. Um, so if you're willing to come on and have a conversation with us, yes. info at my myself.com. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And then I don't know, I know you're, um, have, you've been on Yav Tracker this year. Yes. And I also like when I think about 14 out of 56, first of all, there's like a million bazillion things on there. Yes. I haven't really been on it that there's much. There's so many things on there and like, master classes and uh grants are showing up there now yeah. which like if you're in a space where you're looking for grants like it's almost worth keeping your app tracker even though it's like it can be so i don't know it can be so specific where it's like really you're on here like for the millions right bajillions <laughs> like, right and you're right. only like if you live in this county over here in texas like okay well <laughs> i mean like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, or have ties to it or went to school there or whatever. But like, honestly, the thing that I've been, I got Yap back on Yap Tracker this year simply because I'm going to tell everyone my secret because I think everyone should do this. Um, uh, I'm da- I'm basically data mining. Yeah. So like all the companies that look like they're at the level that I'm performing at, I'm putting in a spreadsheet, yep. marking where they are, um, you know, because like I'm, I'm 36 guys. Most young artist programs yeah. are not interested in me, even if they've removed their age limit, because that's a thing that's also changed. Right. A lot of places have gotten rid of their age limit, but they're still like, there's still those ones of just age. like, oh, well, yeah. if you're under, if you're over 30 or over 35, like, tell us why we should listen to you. Oh, and I will say like this year I gave my sob story. I was like, okay, y'all like one, the two years of the pandemic shouldn't count against me because no one was working. Uh, but also I had voice surgery. And so you've never actually heard me. Yeah. 
I now actually have access to my full voice. Um, and for every application I've said, I've gotten a no. No one has asked, given me an audition. So even the sob story didn't work. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's certainly when you're on there, like it's nice to have the stat because I feel like I have been on it a little bit. I just like haven't really had a lot of time, as much time as I would have liked, honestly. But um, it doesn't feel like only 14. It feels like, oh my God, a million bazillion again are still charging. But then as you filter, right? thank God for filters. <laughs> right. And like truly they're, they're only tracking, like we said, like actual opera companies. In North America. In too. North America, not pay to sings. You know, and like certainly, like we said on Yap Tracker, there's so many other listings. Yeah. Like, so I feel like so few of them are actually opera companies. Right. Right now, which is a little weird. Yep. I know. It's very weird. It's very um, weird. Sometimes we get stuck in our ideas and creations, not knowing the next step. We all have so much creativity to offer, but can get tied in knots with decisions and the need for approval. EM2 Connects Business is to help you get untangled and discover your creative identity and vision. Emily Martin and Elizabeth McDonald are the creators behind EM2. As ideators and performers, they have sung and taught worldwide. In the past few years, too many artists have asked them, what do I do next? What was their answer? Their answer was EM2 Connect. They are raising the collaboration to the power of two and on a mission to support, connect, educate, and inspire the arts community. From one-on-one -on -one coachings to creative collectives, they have the tools to help you make sense of your creativity. Head to their website at www.em2connect.com. That's www.em2connect.com to learn more about how you can build the creative world you want to live in. But, oh, and I, I, I wanted to say, well, in the in the realm of the um, database, I, I'm just putting this out there for somebody, like, because I think I told you about Notion. Yeah. Um, Notion, if you want to be our sponsor, let us know. Um, I'm obsessed with Notion, which is like a, um, it's like a, all of the note taking and organizing tools, like all kind of in one a little bit, like it has a lot of flexibility. So I like feel like using notion to track I started using it like to track like um my auditions and my contacts and stuff like that because you can filter really easily you can add tags in and I and oh that's so much easier than just like an excel spreadsheet <laughs> yeah it's so nice on there and I just feel like like I downloaded a free like um a free um tool for like my tasks and it's been really helpful for me. And I feel like someone needs to, like, I haven't really yet. Right now, I'm just, like, sort of figuring out how to do this database myself for tracking right. auditions and right. stuff. But it's so nice because you can, like, you can filter it to, like, only see um chorus, only see, like, orchestra, only see New York, only see blah, like, see the right. last person you talk, the order, and you know, you can filter it in so many different That's ways. Really it's cool. really cool. So I feel like it would be so, if a singer, like, has that, like, I'm going to track this. You can make the template. I will buy that template. <laughs> Passive income maker, friends. Passive income maker. I will buy that um, template. <laughs> but speaking of these, uh, you know, opera companies, uh, one of the, you know, I'm sure, if you, unless you've been under a rock, <laughs> you um, probably oh, yes. have heard about um, the big listserv. Yeah. 
um, leak that happened from an Opera America listserv with like the admins of young artist programs mm -hmm. um, that <laughs> the hero of the day, uh, the House of Schmize, um leaked. That's his Instagram tag. That's his, that's his yeah. Instagram tag. Or there, I think it's they, them. There. Um, their Instagram tag. And uh, they shared these screenshots from this listserv of, you know, young artist admins saying what are we going to do about these difficult singers right? difficult was singers that... there was transphobic language there was you know talking about like you know these special kids who want all their pronouns oh and they, that's right and like you know they have to earn their respect yeah versus like no you have inherent dignity as a human being and so we respect you yeah point blank because of that and they were just saying yeah what are we going to do about all these problems all the these... like they're entitled and yeah because you know, and like the singers, you know, we've been talking in our forums and people are just like, oh, yeah, they're probably talking about me because that person was from this X program. And I was only advocating that we not have 12 hour rehearsal days because that's ridiculous. They're talking and because now we, we, you know, we want good working conditions. Yeah, we have more. We have uh, we have more platforms like Yak Tracker um, groups that um, especially I think that's like a really I think that's like the best one. and. Because I remember, like, before Yak Tracker, being in a rooms with younger singers and me, even before that podcast, which was, like, the reason that I wanted to start the podcast, podcast and right. people being like, should I email them and ask them if they know the, the status of the... And I'm like, we are afraid to email people and mm -hmm. ask them. Right. Or even... People, for an or, update. Or even just, like, the, you know, to talk about the bigger systemic things. You know, we were afraid to, to talk about the things that were happening in opera companies and in rehearsal rooms, you know, like how many, you know, uh, public secrets were there about like, oh, hey, if you work with this conductor, be careful not to get alone with them. Right. If you work with this stage director, same right. thing. And it would only, you know, just, yeah. And like people would only talk about it if like their friend room. got yeah. in into a show with this person. They were like, hey, I need you to know. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It would only happen in the show, it like, you know, in your show that you were in you know, and you're waiting in the back or, or you're, you know, you're, you find the one person that you trust at your young artist program and you have a, com like a real conversation. Like now it can happen. It happens more openly right. in the forums, both because of the way that it's been curated by Fabulous Jordan right, and the, you know, a little bit of a privacy of the anon anonymous factor right. that you can do. Right. And people are more, it's great. It's, right. But also, like, there's still, like, those open secrets about... I know, you it know, still like, occurs. No one, I, you know, bec like, because there's still this sense of, like, some of these opera companies can, like, touch off your career. And so we just, like, deal with the bullshit. And I'm not, I do not think I will ever get hired by Sarasota Opera. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm probably never going to audition for them again. Um, but I can't tell you how many colleagues of mine have sung there and talked to me about the fat shaming that happens at the hands of that conductor. Um, you know, there are different rules about the clothes you can wear depending on your body type. There's, mm. there are issues there. Yeah. And people just like suck it up yeah. and deal with it because like, oh, well, Dorenzi can like get me yep. to the Met or get me to whatever. Even though it's not really true because it, no, it's he, just, yeah. it's not. 
Um, just because you see somebody go on a path before you doesn't mean that that path is exists for everybody. Right. Right. And it, it really does. And no one's path is the same. No one's path is the all same. All of the interviews this season and seasons yeah. past will. And it's really hard to like know that and accept that, I think, because you see, well, somebody else did it, but it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm just saying you have to make your own path. You really have to. Like... You just will not be happy trying to follow someone else's path because you'll be wondering why it's not working out. Right, right. And at some level, because it's someone else's path, it's not going to feel right Yeah. to you. Totally. Because we all want things a little bit differently. Yep. You know, what works for you doesn't work for me. You know, I don't know how many colleagues I have who, you know, back before the pandemic and now like correlating careers are much more, we're much more open about them and, Mm -hmm. you know accepting of them thank god you know but colleagues who like secretly had correlating careers because they were like look Mm -hmm. like financial stability is actually really important for my mental health it makes my music making worse to know that every singing job i take is like gonna pay my rent and in order for me to be free as an artist i need to have a nine to five yeah and that that was like the right choice for them yeah and so many people that i i remember you know meeting a lot of of older artists like the the people that had you know the main roles or whatever in these young artist programs and and learning about them a little bit and learning that they you know were at a professor you know they were a professor or they did real estate or they right sold antiques and I was like oh that's like so interesting you know and it was cool to to hear about them and I was I remember being surprised and I feel like now I think people wouldn't be as surprised, you know, but I was like, oh, you do that other thing. Like, I feel, I feel like now (laughs) it feels safe. Like, it feels okay for me to ask people, like, when I meet new colleagues at gigs, like, okay, so what do you do when you're not singing? Yeah, that's an, I remember saying that before we started the podcast, like, because we would be doing, you know, I was in New York singing anywhere I could sing for free, a lot of times for free and meeting these amazing singers and having, trying to have conversations with them. Like, oh, well, what do you do? I don't, I mean, now I realize, like, maybe that was invasive to them. But I didn't, like, I just, I, I immediately would see, like, I, I feel like I can sense people, like, a little bit too hard. And I, like, mm-hmm. immediately would get, like, oh, I shouldn't have asked that. Like, that makes you upset, and I'm not sure why. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. In one of our upcoming interviews, um we were talking with our interviewee afterwards and she asked us like, Oh yeah. So like what else is going on for you guys? And both of us had that like freeze moment in our bodies. Cause it was like, Oh shit. Like, you know, now like what gigs do I actually have? Cause we immediately and went to she, what are working. And then she immediately was she like, immediately said, yeah. like it doesn't have to be singing stuff. She like what that. else is going on in your life? Exactly. You know? And I think that's, that's, if that's at least always the response I had in the past when people would ask me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be better about it now. Um, it's still hard for me. And this might actually be a good segue. <laughs> and so like the last bit we want to share with y'all is kind of like, yeah, what's changed for us in the last three years since we've started this podcast? Oh, and, gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so like I have uh, a correlating career now that I've started um, since 2020 um, working in the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging space, um, but specifically in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's hard for me to talk about that work too, because sometimes it can feel like, like, I don't want to feel like I'm bragging about that work mm-hmm. because like people's response to me saying, oh, well, I, you know, I work in 
in that in that space right now outside of singing and people give me like weird responses like hmm. oh well thank you so much for doing that work <laughs> or you know ah oh, yes it's <laughs> so needed and um you know and I like recognize on one hand that it likely has more to do with you know insecurities they have around conversations about not being equity inclusion and, yeah. and race they're maybe afraid to ask a follow-up question because it's not a conversation they're comfortable having yeah you know, but like, I'm also just like, I don't want to feel like I'm bragging. Yeah. Because I'm in this space. Like, I definitely didn't get into it to be like self-congratulatory. Like, look how woke I am. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and I came out of a space of like, really, like a deep sense of caring for my, my community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and honestly, it's like the perfect side by side with singing because yeah. it is, it is really flexible. It's emotionally demanding. So I have to be very careful with my boundaries but like my goal as a musician had always been like as an artist to like use my voice to help change the world. And I learned, particularly when I had my surgery and I really couldn't sing, that my voice had power in ways that I yeah. I didn't realize. Yes, like I still believe very strongly that like music can create spaces to change hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. um, but like the music making I was doing specifically in my local community gave me like community goodwill that has allowed me to, to like facilitate really difficult conversations with people, you know, and like change is starting to happen. I couldn't do that in the actual opera space because in the opera yeah. world, I'm a nobody. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like we, I don't have, I don't have it's clout. It's too layered too with, right? with you wanting to continuing to get jobs and it not being about that in certain spaces, I right. guess. You right, know? right, right, right. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting balance of things, but it also, you know, feeds my artistry it's like yeah and and gives me more nuance in the conversations around like okay who do we need to talk to when we're like talking about doing our pearl fishers and like how do we enter in this into this conversation about whether we should do this work and if we're going to do it how do we do it in a way that's responsible to the communities that are supposed to be represented by this piece etc 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 yeah you know and i think like that's a huge struggle that opera's still having is like we're finally starting to have these conversations and figure out what does responsible stewardship of this music but also for the communities that we're performing it in look like yeah totally yeah well i'm really proud of you thank you and i love seeing that you oh no i've always known this but i think it's watching you see that your voice is more than your singing and your musicality and like your thoughts are part of that and like seeing it not in a non-singing space, like seeing the power that you like receive from that is really cool. Thank you. It's been, it's been hard to not, I cried a lot when I was like making the <laughs> the choice to like enter into this work. Um, one, cause I was af afraid of it really. You know, I was afraid one that I wouldn't be Catholic enough yeah, to like do that work in that particular space. And like by some people's accounting of what it is to be a Catholic, I'm not yeah, for many different reasons. <laughs> um, but honestly, like it doesn't matter what they think. And, you know, but also like the same thing of um, what is this going to mean? If I say yes to this, what is that going to mean for my music making? Is it going to mean that I'm not as serious despite all the conversations we've had I know it doesn't like all ever... those fears came up they do yeah they all really those fears do. came up oh, and yeah. uh yeah but I'm proud of you because you mentioned this concert that you've like collaborated with a ton of artists with but it's like part of your next like big venture yes so I had started a music studio 
right before, I guess, the pandemic and then in through the pandemic and, you know, wanted to had had visions of it being um, a place that would serve like artists as teaching artists and um, students and community and bringing worlds together of like performing and, and teaching and how they sort of influence each other and benefit each other. And I wound up being really unhappy in that space for a variety of reasons. So I did a lot of work on like why I wanted to, what I wanted to do or what and why I wanted to do it, which was like a lot of coaches and, and personal work. And so I'm still on that journey, but I think you're always on that journey, but I've gotten a lot more clarity about myself and how I work and like, I think I, like, I've always been in, like, even with this podcast, like, it's so what I believe. Like, it's so what I want in the world, you know? Right. But it's not, it doesn't always show up, like, in the right way, I guess, for me. I would just, like, latch onto everything that fit the bill or whatever. So I, um, fast forward I to this concert and to, like, what I'm working on now, which is a new community for creative humans. And it comes back to that, like, creating opportunity for young artists and artists, you know, any artist, and creating that connection to audience. So um, that's kind of what the the community is about, creating a space where we can, like, have communal experiences. And I, like, I don't want to, you know... (sighs) I'm this person that like I see the connection of everything and sometimes I think it's obvious for people like duh this is connected and yeah people don't see that right right (laughs) right so it's been it's been a work in progress to try to find the language and like the specificity for people to understand but I think that it I've come to find that it really at the heart of it is that connection between the the artists and the music that is so sometimes like um, hard to it's like you feel it but you don't understand it sometimes right, right or you're not welcome in the space yeah of the classical music so then you're immediately not connected to it right and there's or you just feel a barrier yeah yeah you, something is not there's an innate connection which thank god for that <laughs> like, otherwise it wouldn't exist honestly right but there's this barrier so there's needs to be this connection with the artists and the music to sort of remove it. And so that's what the community is about. Right. So the the concert that we did um, was, um, it had involved poets, it involved music, uh, musicians of different instruments, composers, and some other artists, like a visual artist that like created the program and helped like tell the story. And then the the event itself was music performing, you know, performing music, but also some components of like reflection and interaction that I hope allowed friend from the feedback I think it did allow the people to remove that barrier a little bit and really connect it to themselves which I think is like why we connect to music because right. it connects to you personally right. right and communally right well and I think I'm so one of my favorite things from the concerts I was there um honestly was during one of the one of the pieces Elise had this um, projector on the wall that was projecting um, like a web application Mm. with a QR code where people could um, essentially on their phone scan the QR code, which would bring them to a page where as the piece was being played, they could write down 
the adjectives like of what they were feeling or what was what images were coming to mind like whatever was coming up for them they could submit it on this little thing and it would populate on the screen on the walls like everyone could see uh what was coming up and like oh where are they feeling the way i'm feeling right and so like it, it gave this really cool sense of connection not only in terms of me being aware of oh how is this music making me feel mm-hmm. what images are coming up in my mind if any or am i seeing colors or am i feeling an emotion um but then also to see what the room was feeling and like how varied that was but then also like people who like had a same similar reaction to you and I found that component so interesting for so many ways mm-hmm. and particularly I loved actually the fact that it got people involved like it <laughs> I kind of like that it got them on their phone. Yeah. Right. Because I think we all culturally struggle with moments of stillness and like putting our phone down when we have that like moment, when we have a moment with nothing to do, our first impulse is to go to our phone. Yeah. And so to like harness that impulse in a way that actually enhanced the performance, I thought was just absolutely brilliant. Thank you. So fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And like kept people from scrolling Facebook instead. Totally. Or being like, okay, I'm going to space out now. And I really just wish I could check my Twitter feed. Right, right, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, 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 um, we need to come up with, that was actually Isabel's idea. That was, um, to give credit where credit is due. Isabel was my administration, admin person, like to help me like organize. And then she also gave a lot of input, like creative input. And she sang on one of the pieces. She works in admin for Curtis and she's worked for other opera companies. So, so, but she's also a singer. So it was really cool. I was going to ask you whether you felt like the genesis of this project, um, because I know that we've both done (laughs) the artist's way over the mm-hmm. over the last couple of years and whether or not you felt like this project was kind of like an outgrowth from the work you did. Definitely. I like really got from the artist's way and from my work too, like, and from the pandemic of like, in the way of not having or sort of like getting to choose more of what we sing, I guess, or then not and then wondering why we're singing certain things. And like, for me, just with the artist's way and with everything going on, like starting trying to get clarity on like, why do things and so creativity became something that was like really interesting to me especially like I like went through this whole like month or whatever long of being like singers aren't even creative because we just sing what's on the page (laughs) that's a conversation (laughs) and like being like oh my god I am literally not creative And like discovering, you know, that's, and creativity is more than singing and blah, 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 you know? And so that's kind of, and I think, I don't know, like (sighs) creativity to me is also connection to whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? Like the scrolling of the Facebook is not creative because it's not connecting to anything. Right. It just, but it does give you that little thing that you think is connecting. And so right, we're addicted to it. that little dopamine rush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so how do we start to feel more like we can connect and be present? Right. And right. I feel like it's like a universal connector. If I'm going, going back to like, that I want to have people connect to classical music. It's like they can connect because... Like, and it's funny, I started working like a branding coach too. And she, and I had this idea for this concert and she's like, you know, why, why do people, you know, be like, well, classical music just has this thing that makes you, you know, connect. And I'm like, and, and the performance is better than, this is going to be better than a regular, than a concert, like a regular music concert. And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like to have to name it. Like we, 
we live in that world and so we feel it and like we don't have to articulate it so clearly to, to people sometimes right um, I think the coolest I mean like it feels to me like what you're what you've like what you've to me managed to achieve in that concert was like a way to remove and and by different means like hopefully it means that it it was successful because everyone perceives things differently um like you tried to come at different ways to remove the barrier that people have being present in Mm. a performance Mm -hmm. right and like honestly i think it probably worked in your favor that the programs got lost Mm. like the paper programs got lost Mm -hmm. because then people weren't like wanting to like get distracted by the mm. what was there and then we got had the composers had to get up then and like actually say their piece instead of it just being in the program notes that most people don't ever read right right you know and gave us like FaceTime with the composer put a face to the music which is also very interesting yeah but I, I feel like I've watched you in the time that we've been friends like the, the touchstone that you've always come back to in all of the projects is like community and connection to that community and like creating space for this like communal stuff and we're using the same words over and over again but like yeah. you know like and I've watched you like try different iterations and it not go the way you wanted like Facebook groups and you know right blah right. blah blah and um it was really really amazing to see you start to have that clarity about like how you can make yeah. that happen and like get to engage in it and yeah the singing was awesome but the vibe in the room was yeah the vibe in the room was really cool was so cool the people just yeah it was amazing and I think that is key and why it will continue to change and I can't get freaked out about that because part of the success of that was like was being personal with people was like personally inviting people to collaborate with me personally inviting people to come to the concert personally sharing what it was going to be like and really 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 connecting you know instead of being like hey everybody does anyone want to talk to me (laughs) like right which is kind of something that I've tried in the past a lot and the thing that's hard is that I don't want it to be me only it's not fulfilling to me to not have collaborators and not have other voices because like I just know I only have one perspective and everyone else's perspective is also really important and like I can only vibe with so many people, right? Right, right, right. But also, like, the, if you give, like, if you have different lenses through which to look at the same thing, like, you're going to have a better sense of the scope of yeah whatever it is you're looking at because cool. of those different perspectives. Like, it doesn't diminish, it doesn't diminish your point of view. Yeah. And it actually makes it better. Yeah, totally. Um, which, in my work, is something I wish people would figure out <laughs> is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we'll see how it evolves, but it's it's still growing, this community, and it's vital that I um, actually speak to the people. So after the concert, you know, I sent an email out, like, saying, like, if you'd like to, you know, if this gives you ideas, and if or if you want to see more, come tell me, like, what your ideas are. Because I know how to make ideas occur, happen in real life. <laughs> That's another thing I'm really good at. And um, so we'll see. Yeah. More to come, I you guess. You know, one last thing I wanted to say that I thought was very, very interesting when the when the like the concertizing of the show was done was because people were engaging in the performance from all these different avenues. You know, like normally you get done with a concert and you just hear five thousand iterations of, Oh, you sang so beautifully, you sang so beautifully, mm-hmm. you sang so beautifully. Like, oh, we're only here to hear you sing beautifully because right, like the which cons- I don't care because about. the concert yeah. is about coming to see this person sing beautifully. <laughs> 
And instead, people were like talking about the poems that moved them. And I ended up in this like super nerdy conversation talking about like opera history with somebody. Yeah, that and, is so true and cool. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, this is actually awesome because like those compliments, I know that they all come from a meaningful place, but like even as an artist, when I'm the one giving the concert, that's not what I want to hear yeah. my audience talking about. Like, I hope you, I, yeah. I hope I sang beautifully. <laughs> that's the hope. But like, did I say something to you that moved you? Like, right. you know, and could you enter into the way you were being moved so that then you could talk about it? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That's it's, like the best compliment ever. It's It's that whole thing of like, instead of being a passive audience, being an active audience. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to make my day. I guess we're, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's enough for today. Um. Well, I can't wait to put this in the world. Yes. I hope do. you guys, all our listeners, I hope you're doing so well. Is there anything we want to say before we close out? No, I mean, I hope this sparks similar conversations with collaborative friends that you have yes um and we're gonna be starting up our well we will have already started up our coffee chats yeah. by the time this goes live but if you don't know about them head over to our instagram mscol podcast um we go live once a week uh to talk about kind of the day-to-day grind so less of the big picture and more of the nitty-gritty so if that's what you're curious about you can hop on be part of that conversation totally um and i know i could speak for both of us when i say like if you are curious about other about more about what we talked about you're welcome to email us yeah please we reach out. are so happy to and if you want to join my community or learn about my community just email us um info at my so-called opera life.com dot com yeah i mean if the podcast isn't any indication we love to talk yeah to people <laughs> particularly to other people <laughs> yes <laughs> thanks for listening to the my so-called opera life podcast If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making more, because this content creation shit ain't free, y'all, you can show us some love by rating and reviewing the podcast. This helps get the word out to more badass artists. Share with a friend. Word of mouth is the best advertising and a free way to support us. Double win for empowering your colleagues and being a responsible follower. Buy us a coffee fuel our coffee obsession and our Instagram live coffee chats with a one-time donation of any amount. Or bust that starving artist myth by becoming a sustaining Patreon member. This option is so impactful to the ongoing creation of our podcast that we offer you early access to ad-free episodes and more. You can become a member for as little as $3 a month. Still can't get enough of us and want to add your voice to the conversation? Join us over on Instagram at Podcast. This podcast is edited by Joshua Wise and produced and hosted by Elise Mark and Marcel McGurk. We are glad to have the Sparkle Twins back as sponsors for season three. Sharice and Sharicia Williams are identical twin sopranos from Brooklyn, New York. Their business offers mouth masks to protect you from unwanted germs and conversations with cute phrases like, Yes, I am an opera singer. And no, I will not sing for you. Check out their shop at www.sopranotwins.com shop.